1: Happy New Year and welcome to my 462nd ever show of all around sports. Each Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. And we'll begin with the bizarre story of the week, which is obviously Antonio Brown walking off the field yesterday, at MetLife Stadium in New York, in the game with the Bucks versus the Jets and to quote Tom Tampa Bay Bucks coach Bruce Arians, AB is no longer a buck. So, quite the ending to his Buccaneers career where he contributed to the Super Bowl victory last year and uh, and he's just uh, adrift would be a good word I think at this point in time uh, It was clearly uh, just a super bizarre uh, thing to watch where he basically started taking off his uniform on the sidelines there was a great cell phone video from a fan behind their bench and showed Mike Evans going over trying to talk to him but uh, Brown wasn't having any of that and then he just started walking off the field, taking off his shirt and gloves and wristbands, whatever, and tossing some of them into the stands. And uh, then going through the end zone, I I heard a read a great thing last night that said that some security guards thought it was a fan on the field until they realized it was Antonio Brown. And uh, so we all know the story with him. It's just been. Uh, The last couple of years have just been basically horrible where he's uh, torpedoed his own career and, of course, went from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Oakland Raiders to the New England Patriots where he actually uh, caught a touchdown pass against the Dolphins. And I think it just his one game played there before that relationship ended. And then on to the Bucks, and uh, Tom Brady has been his biggest supporter, to say the least. And after the game yesterday, Brady was very empathetic, and uh, you know I, I think that's what I'm hearing from most of the football world. Keep in mind, everybody said, as I said when I saw, first witnessed it, that. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. A player leaving in the middle of the game uh, in, for all to see in a pretty uh, crazy-looking fashion, again, taking off his uniform and whatnot. And stories come out that apparently he asked the police for a ride uh, to the airport. And uh, they said no, and ultimately he did uh, get a ride to the airport because he did not go back, come back to the Tampa area where I'm located uh, on the on the team's charter on the Bucks charter. So I think the I, I my take on it is, you know, after the fake vaccine card incident, he I'm assume I'm guessing that Arians uh, and he pretty much implied this at the time. You, you know. One more sh- uh, one more mistake and that's it. And clearly yesterday was it. And they, again, cut him before the game even ended. Because um, immediately following the game, Arians came up with uh, what will now be a memorable line of, uh, he's no longer a buck. And uh, they actually interviewed Le'Veon Bell, his running mate in Pittsburgh back in the day when those two were... Uh, simply a force, the Killer bees, Big Ben, Bell, and Brown. And uh, obviously, it didn't work out there for either Bell or Brown. And uh, the Steelers were as patient as patient could be. But then after they both uh, were no longer with the team, you started to hear some stories how the Steelers uh, did everything possible to keep them both on the field until they just couldn't do it anymore. So... Uh, hard to imagine, uh, another NFL team will take a chance on him, but he does have immense talent. He's not injured. <laughs> so it's uh, my, my understanding is he is just now basically he, he was cut. He's a free agent, could sign with anybody. And his talent is again, so enticing that, uh, somebody making their final run, uh, they're into the playoffs, and in the playoffs themselves, uh, might sign him. So we shall see. And uh, it's been a crazy couple of years for Antonio Brown, and for all of the NFL uh, watching his career. I was up in New England, of course, when he signed with the Patriots, and uh, you know, a lot of excitement as there was when he signed with the Raiders, and as there was when he signed with the Bucks. But uh, again. Uh, We'll see what develops, but it was uh, a scene not to be forgotten anytime soon. Uh, And I'm looking at it right now on ESPN as he tosses everything into the stands, walking out of MetLife, and he was doing, like, jumping jacks as he went through the end zone. I'm literally looking at it right now and still a bit of disbelief. Uh, And yesterday, as it was unfolding, it was just like felt like the football world came to a halt to uh, see what the heck was going on uh, up in New York. (laughs) And and we all know now exactly what was going on. And with all this going on, it didn't stop Tom Brady from being Two Minute Tom, who I've gotten used to as a uh, longtime season ticket holder of the Patriots. I had a ringside seat for all of this. Uh, Brady led the team down after the Jets had basically dominated the game and then made just a really bad call in going for it on fourth down when they could have kicked a field goal from about the five-yard line with about two minutes to go, if that. And uh, they called a really lame play, Zach Wilson. Uh, he has a cannon for an arm, but not a runner, and called it for a quarterback sneak, and it wasn't even close to getting it so Brady took over at around the five yard line, and no surprise, uh, drove the team down the field uh, and scored with like 15 seconds to go to win the game. And you know, with people I was talking to watching the game, uh, I basically said, You know, no team is capable of giving up this lead or self destructing more than the Jets, and that's exactly what they did. But all credit to the Bucks for just coming back again with the A-B scene, the Antonio Brown scene on the sidelines having just occurred uh, in the third quarter. And yet they were able to uh, focus and go down the field and win the game. And they had to score two touchdowns. So they scored one uh, earlier because the Jets had like uh, a significant lead on them. So, it was really something to see and uh one a a game for a whole variety of reasons mainly antonio brown but also just brady showing up yet again to drive his team down the field against all odds uh and it was one of the you, you know just smoothest drives you ever see it just seemed inevitable and uh and indeed it was and so uh Hats off to Brady and the Bucs for that, and we'll see what happens with Antonio Brown. Uh, so the Bucks are definitely hosting a playoff game. They've won their division, NFC South, and a lot of excitement down here in Tampa for that, to say the least. Massive crowd where I was yesterday watching the game and really just loving it, and uh, now we'll see where the offense goes. Brady hit a couple of... Uh, wide receivers who we're not really familiar with, uh, shall we say, not named Antonio Brown. (laughs) And uh, so suddenly, you know, uh, and Chris Godwin is out for the year, but Mike Evans played, uh, got off the COVID list and uh, came back, had a touchdown reception. And uh, so now it looks like, you know, they may have some younger guys who stepped up, uh, including on the winning drive, and uh, and the Bucks are, you know, have to be a contender to deal with, to say the least. And uh, we shall see what happens with them. Um, they, a lot of chatter that maybe they should be going to a three tight end offense with Gronkowski, Cameron Brait, who also had a touchdown reception yesterday, and. O.J. Howard. Um, those are three very talented tight ends, to say the least. And uh, and it might be the way to go. Gives him a lot of blocking for the ground game. Uh, right now, I think it's down to, is Leonard Fournette going to be back in time for the playoffs? He also was injured in New Orleans, like Godwin and Evans in the New Orleans shutout over the Bucks on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. So we'll see if, uh, if he is ready to go. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, But the one thing we know for sure, as of yesterday's very compelling NFL, as it is always, but never more so than yesterday, um, with so much on the line, playoff uh, contention, teams clinching, teams being dropped, being ousted from the playoff hunt, Uh, Green Bay, who whipped up on the Vikings last night without Kirk Cousins on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Green Bay has the number one seed. It's locked up. So the road to the Super Bowl goes through Green Bay, uh, which is a tremendous advantage for the Packers. But uh, we all know that Tampa Bay last year went up, two. Lambeau and won in the NFC Championship game to go on to the Super Bowl here in Tampa, becoming the first team ever to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium. And it's going to be uh fascinating to watch Aaron Rodgers uh just having another fabulous year despite all the off season uh drama, for lack of a better word. And the Packers, yeah, they're uh they've just been looking dominant all year. So good for them. And everybody down here is not intimidated or worried about the fact that the road goes through Lambeau uh, because of what they witnessed last year, including myself. And I think everybody would be happy to see that match up again. Tampa fans, uh, for sure. And I think a lot of the country would find that to be pretty interesting because at the end of the day, what you would have again, and what we had last year is Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. And uh, you can't get any better than that. So we'll see what develops. It's going to be interesting. So the Bucs will be hosting a playoff game, uh, not this coming weekend, which is the final weekend of the regular season for the NFL. Uh, But the weekend of January 15th, 16th, they will be hosting. So there'll be a lot of excitement down here for that. They, you might remember last year on their Super Bowl winning year, all the games were on the road. Uh, so it will be fascinating to watch, uh, you know, a home game down here, home playoff game. This is what everybody's been waiting for, and it's now a reality. So should be fun should be interesting, but it's suddenly all bucks all the time down here. Uh, not an easy thing. Uh, I noticed uh, place I was at, uh, the establishment had uh, an endless number of TVs, uh, but one of the games was tuned into the uh, lightning, because <laughs> um, the lightning are large down here, to say the least. But right now, it's all bucks all the time. So now let's take our break. And next up, I will give you my highlight of the week as well as my low light of the week. So don't go anywhere.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? <laughs> channel
2: a brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others if you have that courage then bravehearts radio with brian reinvold is for you even if you aren't yet you'll want to still tune in to get inspired create your own story to share and change your life for the better listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And in the previous segment, I spent the entire segment talking about my bizarre story of the week, which is Antonio Brown walking off the field and is, as Bruce Arians said, no longer a buck. But... Lots of other NFL action and uh, yesterday, to say the least. And a to into my highlight of the week, which is the New England Patriots clinching a playoff spot yesterday by shellacking the Jacksonville Jaguars 50 to 10 in a very much needed get-right game, since the Patriots had lost the previous two games after being on uh, I think seven-eight game winning streak. Uh, but the Colts and the Bills uh, both beat them and a lot of concern in Patriot Nation. Uh, I live up in Boston, so, uh, and a long time, Patriot season ticket holder. So it was just fun to watch that game. Yesterday, uh, Matt Jones bounced back, a lot of concern that he had hit the r- rookie wall um, and maybe he has, and maybe it was just all about the opponent, the Jaguars, who basically are at this point, there's no other way to say it. They're in complete disarray. I mean, the Patriots just rolled over them. It was a party. Uh, a party at Gillette Stadium for to close out New Year's weekend, uh, to say the least. And uh, they picked Trevor Lawrence, picked off as an in intercepted Trevor Lawrence a couple times. Uh, one was a pick six and it was just a dominant performance uh, right exactly when they needed it having been a season ticket holder and up there so many games for Christmas and New Year's it's been amazing over the years that the Patriots always have these uh, seem to have these last couple games at home uh, in and around the holidays it's very become very traditional Christmas, New Year's, and Patriots games. (laughs) That's been going on for years, and it's given the Patriots a tremendous chance to just roll into the playoffs on a high note, and kind of did it again. And most importantly, with yesterday's clinch was, uh, and they clinched because the Miami Dolphins lost to the Tennessee Titans, who are looking... Uh, in position to become the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, No small issue, considering it looks like if they do so, that would eliminate the Chiefs from having uh, the number one seed. And only one team gets a bye in each conference. Green Bay has it in the NFC. And Tennessee, if they win, basically will have it in the AFC. Pretty interesting, since they've been operating without Derrick Henry, who appears to be coming back. But anyway, back to the Patriots and, of course, the Dolphins. Patriots clinched because the Dolphins lost to the Titans yesterday. And there's a lot of sighs of relief uh, in Patriot Nation because the one place where the Patriots have not performed well over the past 20-plus years since the Brady era began is Miami. And the Patriots finish up the season Uh, This coming Sunday in Miami, it's literally been a house of horrors. And I think everybody, myself included, has always wondered, like, is it was playing in Miami a Brady problem or a Patriots problem? Uh, We might find out to a degree, but it doesn't really matter because the game is it's not meaningless because seeding is at stake for the Patriots. Uh, But it's not a playoff berth on the line either. And I can't overemphasize how happy patriots nation uh is about that because of the again house of horrors that hard rock stadium uh has been over the past literally two plus decades uh but it'll be worth watching you know again seating is important um patriots again they clinched and what they clinched of course uh was a wild card berth as did the buffalo bills who also quote clinched the playoffs, so it appears that the Patriots still might have a path to the AFC East Division crown because the Bills did not win that yesterday with their victory uh, in the snow over the Atlanta Falcons. So that's intriguing. Um, I won't even try to begin to get into uh, what uh, what apparently has to take place for the uh, for the Patriots to somehow get in uh, and win the AFC uh, East crown. I think it's safe to assume that the bills will probably uh, get that and the Patriots will come in as a wild card. So they'll have a uh, I'm pretty sure a road playoff game uh, tough to keep track this year. It's all kind of new within the extra game and additional playoff teams, but they're in, that's really all that matters. Patriots are in. Uh, no different than the Tampa Bay Bucks, who I talked about in the first segment, and Tom Brady, and, and they're in too. They've won. They're going to be hosting a playoff game here in Tampa, which is going to be great. Uh, since last year, they rolled to the Super Bowl uh, with all away games until they got to the Super Bowl and became the first team ever to win a home uh, a Super Bowl in their home field. So, uh, back Jones again, uh, if he had hit the rookie wall, he kind of shook it, shook it off yesterday. So it still bears watching because he is now playing, uh, you know, in games, more games than he's ever played before in his life. Um, so it should be intriguing. The Patriots defense also got right. That's been their calling card this year and, uh, We'll see how they do. Um, Miami will be a bit of a measuring stick. I I, uh, would guess that Bill Belichick would love nothing more than to go down, have a good game against Miami and his former assistant coach, Brian Flores, who now coaches the Dolphins, and uh, you know, go rolling into the playoffs on a high note. Just that simple. Um, so it should be fun. Um, couple other games of interest yesterday, of course, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, The Bengals were down a lot during the game, but they showed up and they won the AFC North. And good for them. Um, You know, beating the Chiefs is a good way to do it. Uh, Super dramatic game, fun to watch. And uh, they won at the end with a field goal as they were trying to kind of score slash not score. But most importantly, not give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. And they managed to get it done. It was a little tricky. Uh, but they did get it done and got the clock down to like two seconds before kicking the winning field goal and keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. Um, the Raiders and the Colts. Uh, another dramatic game. Uh, Colts have been on a roll. Raiders have been hanging in there. And yesterday it was, came down to the end And uh, the Raiders kicker, Daniel Carlson, won the game uh, at the end with a field goal. And just like I talked about not giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, uh, the Colts gave the ball back to Derek Carr, who has uh, had a good year. And uh, when he got the ball back with around two minutes to go, I said, you know, and all they needed was a tie game. So all they needed was a field goal to win, and uh, I sure thought that that uh, was highly likely, and that's exactly what happened. Um, the Cardinals as they, uh, beat the Cowboys to get back on track. They desperately needed that victory. Uh, they were on the road, and the Cowboys continue their up-and-down season, and the Cardinals simply get back to looking like uh, the team that they've looked at, like early in the season, and uh, the you know they're both in the playoffs as well. Uh, and the Cardinals are still fighting it out with the uh, Rams who beat the Ravens yesterday. and uh, for the NFC West division title, so important because if you win a division, if you win your division, you're getting a home game in the playoffs. And uh, this year, more than ever, it's just so important to get that. So that's going to bear a lot of watching. So just a lot of, uh, you know, games of interest, needless to say. The final week of the season is going to be fascinating to watch. Um, And the Chargers and the Raiders, the NFL, uh, which they're so good at doing. Uh, They have a couple games on Saturday night, and they waited to pick what games they would be uh, based on yesterday's results, which they announced within an hour after the game. Smart move, and uh, and they also announced that the Sunday night game will be Chargers Raiders, winner take all, loser go home. So that's going to be fun, and that will be the last game of the regular season. So NFL, as always, they get it right again. They handled it beautifully by giving themselves uh, the flexibility they needed to uh, have the games they wanted in prime time and whatnot, so both Saturday night and Sunday night, uh, that really had playoff significance of some sort or another, whether it be seeding or simply getting in. So, again, next Sunday night, that'll be something to look forward to. It'll be a great, uh, great way, again, winner take all, Raiders Chargers. So, that's going to be good to watch. So, why don't we take our second break of the show, and next up, we're going to get into a little college football. Big weekend, as we all know, with the bowls and the college football playoff semifinals, so don't go anywhere.
2: voice america is on your favorite smart speaker if you have alexa or google home go ahead and give us a try hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast on TuneIn. today our 40s sit firmly in midlife we are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead but now is the best time to plan for our future life listen for 45 forward with host ron roel from retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents no topic is off the table We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot, Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot, Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice of
0: America Variety Channel.
2: Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine, a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's the information edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Well, I'm going to begin. I've talked NFL for the first two segments, focusing on uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks and, of course, Antonio Brown's... uh, (laughs) Dramatic exit from the field yesterday and potentially exit from the NFL. We'll see what happens there. And then last segment, I talked about uh, my highlight of the week, which was the Patriots clinching a playoff spot uh, by trouncing the Jacksonville Jaguars 50 to 10 and the Dolphins losing big uh, to the Tennessee Titans. So now I want to move into a subject we all love to discuss on this show, which is college football, and it's my low light of the week, which is the two college football playoff semifinal games being non-competitive on New Year's Eve as Alabama handled Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati played pretty well. It wasn't a blowout, but. Alabama was in control. And in the other game, Georgia whipped, absolutely just beat up on Michigan, which was a little surprising. Um, I think that's, I think, they're, I think it's safe to say everybody was assuming Alabama would beat Cincinnati, Cincinnati being the first ever, uh, non-power five to make the four-team college football playoff. Um, uh, they're in what we all call the group of five. So that was a breakthrough in and of itself. Of course, Cincinnati got into Notre Dame and won this year, uh, in their signature victory that helped get them into the final four. Um, but you know, Alabama, as was evidenced on their very first drive where they basically just ran, ran and ran some more right down the field. And that set the tone. And, uh, Again, just a solid victory for Alabama. Georgia, Michigan with different story. I think that's the one where I know I'll speak for myself. I was looking forward to that. I just thought that just looks like a great game. Of course, Michigan uh, really putting it all together this season, culminating in their uh, long-awaited victory over Ohio State up at the big house um, where they look so good. Uh, with a dominating running game, great defense. And Georgia, of course, was pretty much the number one team, often unanimously each week uh, for most every week of the season. Uh, but they did lose the SEC championship game to Alabama, who has been their nemesis. And, uh, and here we are. Uh, so Georgia got back to looking like they've looked all year, which is a dominant number one team, and really uh, handled Michigan quite easily. They dominated them. There is no other word to say it, uh, to describe it. And so the college football playoff national championship is now set. We've seen it before, Georgia and Alabama. Uh, I did hear a funny line, uh, just a quick reference uh, on ESPN, uh, calling it the Nick Saban invitational uh stealing a typical line from college basketball and that just sums it up it's just alabama alabama and more alabama every year in the college football playoff and you know this year we were missing clemson uh but georgia has been in that mix and they did meet in the national championship game a few years back we'll all remember that that's the famous uh Game where Nick Saban replaced Jalen Hurts at quarterback with Tua, and Tua threw the game winning touchdown pass and uh, in a game for the ages. So, the one thing, you know, uh, there's a lot of people out there saying that, you know, it's just the same teams every year. It got mixed up a little bit with Michigan making it and obviously Cincinnati making it. Uh, Cincinnati making it will go down as Literally being historic, um, but uh, but Georgia and Alabama, uh, and then you know there's the game I just referenced, uh, the famous Tua overtime throw for, to win the national championship. Uh, quite the quite the memory that none of us will ever forget. And then in the SEC championship game the following year, uh, the reverse happened where. Who wasn't getting it done, and Jalen Hurts came back, came in, and won the game at the end, uh, looking fabulous, like he hadn't played much that year, and uh, he looked like a different guy. He was a much better passer than what we had remembered when he was starting. And, uh, and yeah, and look where he is now, leading Philadelphia Eagles into the playoffs. But uh, topic for another day. Uh, so they have played in just dramatic close games and Georgia has just not been able to break through to beat Alabama, uh, the dominant team of the decade. I mean, Nick Saban is going for, I believe his seventh national championship. It's just, uh, nothing short of an astounding figure to say the least. Um, and it, it should be a great game. Again, Georgia has just that really great defense. Um, but in the SEC championship game, uh, Alabama really handled, for the most part, Stetson Bennett, the quarterback for Georgia. So to me, that's what this game comes down to. Can uh, can Alabama's defense handle Stetson Bennett again? Uh, Stetson looked Fabulous, and I mean fabulous against Michigan. And uh, so now you have to wonder if, uh, you know, that game will give him the confidence he needed to uh, get a second shot at Alabama. And there's a lot of chatter on New Year's Eve in the post-game and whatnot that Georgia was hoping, praying uh, to have a second chance at Alabama. And they got it. Uh, they have it and not every team gets a second chance and, uh, they have to live with a loss like they had in the SEC championship game, uh, for the rest of their lives. But, uh, they got this second chance and they have been great all year until they met Alabama. So that's what this game is about. Can Georgia finally, finally break through, um, I don't think they're ever going to have a better chance. They may never, might be a while before they have a better team. Again, their defense has been nothing short of spectacular this year. Uh, Again, not to uh, reiterate the obvious, but uh, until they met Alabama, and I think that would apply to a lot of teams. Um, (laughs) Uh, They were doing well until they met Alabama, and uh, we shall see. It's going to be fun, um, but really looking forward to it. We also had some other great games uh, in the Bowls. Um, Much more competitive and more interesting, frankly, than both college football playoff semifinals. The Rose Bowl was just downright epic um, with records being set and as. Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler said often on the broadcast, there's just something about the venue that does that. I had the pleasure to attend the 1995 Rose Bowl with Penn State, beating Oregon, the famous Kajana Carter, 83-yard run on the first play from scrimmage. I was in the seventh row in the end zone. And he ran basically right into my lap. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And uh, And speaking of Penn State... It's been great down here in Tampa because they played in the Outback Bowl. Uh, So many players opted out uh, for Penn State, I think five or six on defense, plus their spectacular receiver, Jahan Dotson. So a little disappointing there, but they have a beach day for both teams uh, at Clearwater Beach. And so I went to that and uh, mingled with Nittany, Nation, Uh, And it was great. Players everywhere did things like uh, tug of wars, pie eating contests, what have you. Battle of the bands, all that. The bands were there. And uh, Arkansas fans everywhere, as were Penn State fans on a beautiful beach day at Clearwater Beach. So I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, Penn State lost to the Razorbacks 24 to 10. And, uh, but it was an interesting game, um, at Ray J, as they call Raymond James Stadium down here in Tampa. It's where the Bucks play, needless to say. And, uh, again, uh, as the Bulls are turning it into, you know, with players sitting out and whatnot, opting out would be the word to pre- prepare for the NFL draft. Uh, but it's really about not getting injured. Um, you know, interesting to watch. And bat, speaking of getting, not getting injured, Matt Corral, the terrific quarterback for Ole Miss, uh, got hurt during the game. So that entire question comes right back into focus of, you know, should players opt out and say themselves not get injured for uh, with the NFL draft coming up. Uh, players that know they're going to get drafted. That's what we're really talking about here. Matt Corral is rated in the top couple of quarterbacks. Uh, number two, I think I saw, on one ESPN uh, rating. And uh, just a terrific player. He wanted to be with his boys. Um, chose to play, and he got injured and was seeing the rest of the game wearing crutches, not sure how it's all going to turn out. Uh, but it certainly could become a bit of a seismic example of, you know, uh, of players, even more players opting out than we're seeing already simply because, uh, simply because they have, uh, concerns and Matt Corral could become the poster child literally of this, uh, you know, of this. Major, major question because it was hotly debated over the weekend uh, by a lot of announcers. And so, which led to the topic by some of simply, uh, you know, when do you opt out? I mean, if you know you're going to the NFL, uh, you know, opting out of the bowl game is one thing. If there are games at the end of the season, do you opt out then and miss maybe the last couple games? Maybe if you've reached a point, you being NFL prospects in college, if they've reached a point of, uh, you know, not having, you know, not having any opportunity to win a championship or whatever, then, uh, then choosing to opt out maybe before the season ends. Is that where, where we're headed? Who knows? I think it's a gigantic question. Uh, face that college football needs to deal with. And I do mean gigantic. Um, it it could shape the future of the sport literally. So we'll be, uh, just fascinating to watch. And, uh, but we're all praying and hoping for Matt Corral. Again, it was just a tough break for him. And, uh, again, something that, you know, we're not going to, uh, Nobody will soon forget him on crutches on the sidelines in his final college game. He had already declared for the NFL draft. And like I said, I think he could become the poster child for opting out since he's so high profile. So let's take our final break and still a few more things to get to on the other side. So don't go anywhere.
2: Follow us on Twitter at Voice TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Listen for GoTo Health Radio. a brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others if you have that courage then brave hearts radio with brian reinvold is for you even if you aren't yet you'll want to still tune in to get inspired create your own story to share and change your life for the better listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere.
1: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the
0: time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: I'm your host, John Inglesby, and my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Steelers-Browns game, Uh, practically sure to be Big Ben's last home game. at 8 p.m. on ESPN, and Ben strongly hinted that indeed this would be his last game, and everybody's been speculating that would be the case for many weeks. And uh, so it's a good time. Number one, it's appointment television. Um, The Steelers season is still alive, hanging by a thread. Uh, Feels like I've been saying this for weeks now. Um, They have to win tonight. Uh, But there was enough crazy things that even though they've been winning pretty good the last few weeks, uh, they had some losses, but other teams were losing to create the crazy AFC Uh, Playoff picture, which still leaves the Pittsburgh Steelers with a chance. But Big Ben, uh, if it is his last home game, um, I was lucky enough to see him in his rookie year in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. Uh, We're talking 2005 time frame, and I'll never forget that game. I was there in Heinz Field. Uh, my first ever visit to Heinz Field, cold, maybe the coldest I've ever been in a football game with the wind coming off the rivers. And uh, on the first play of the game, Tom Brady hit Deion Branch with like an 80-yard touchdown pass. Uh, Brady was playing with like a 100-plus degree temperature uh, that evening, and that's how he started the game. And Big Ben, uh, I remember he threw an interception, Pick six to Rodney Harrison. I think it was near the end of the first half, and that, in effect, almost sealed the victory. But Big Ben's rookie year, I think he was, the Steelers were 15-1 and one that year. And I'll never forget being in Heinz Field and uh, how everybody just, you know, was so thrilled with him as a rookie. And I'd say it's turned out pretty well for the Steelers uh, to championship Super Bowl championships for Big Ben I was in Detroit when Big Ben won his first uh, it was Jerome Bettis's last game and Big Ben was kind of like Tom Brady at the beginning of his career more uh, you know uh, just get the job done and don't don't try to get too fancy uh, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, for Big Ben that day in Detroit. Uh, that game, of course, is famous for, in addition to being Bettis's last game, it was Cowher's, Bill Cower, coach Bill Cower's first Super Bowl win. It was, uh, I think, that, yeah, it was the 40th ever Super Bowl uh, 2005. They beat the Seahawks. There's a lot of questionable calls that Seahawk fans are still uh, unhappy about. Um, but that's where. Uh, Randall L. uh, threw the famous touchdown pass to Heinz Ward. Randall L. was the former Indiana quarterback, so he always was available for flea flickers and option passes, what have you. And uh, the famous Sports Illustrated cover of Heinz Ward literally skipping uh, uh, down, across the goal line. Um, and yes, it was just uh, unforgettable. I never forget walking into Ford Field that Sunday evening, in Detroit, and I felt like I was walking into Heinz Field because it was terrible towels, like uh, like you would see at only Heinz Field. Uh, important to remember that Pittsburgh to Detroit is easily drivable, so something that sounds like. 100,000 Steeler fans drove up and just hung out for the weekend. <laughs> for the week, I should say. Not the weekend, the week. And, uh, and it was just such a fun week for Steeler Nation uh, turning out and just really a uh, lifetime memory, to say the least. Uh, and I got to meet ben, Big Ben that weekend at a media event. And got a nice picture with them. And again, these were the early days. This was, you know, uh, early in his career, and uh, and it was great. So never forget that. And so back to present day, and Big Ben will. Uh, I look for the Steelers to do big things again. The Browns Steelers rivalry cannot be overstated. No one in Pittsburgh, especially Big Ben, is forgetting. Uh, The Browns went in there in the playoffs last year and absolutely embarrassed the Steelers. Uh, Big Ben has always has a pretty good track record of rising to the occasion. And this is as big an occasion for him personally as it will ever get his last home game in Heinz Field. He's been the Steelers quarterback for, I think it's 18 years Um, and Hall of Fame career, no doubt. So it's just going to – and it's a must-win game for the Steelers. They just have to win to – and they'll still be hanging on by a thread, but at least it will let them potentially live for another week. Uh, and then I'm guessing crazy things would have to happen for them to get in. But nonetheless, uh, every game has been a playoff game in recent weeks, which is fun, and they're no bigger than tonight. And it's just going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, but Big Ben – Has always uh, had a pretty good flair for the dramatic. And I expect we're going to see some of that tonight. Um, Again, Browns, Steelers, fabulous rivalry. You talk about an easy drive. Pittsburgh to Cleveland is nothing. I think it's under two hours. Um, So, great rivalry. It's good to see it being restored to its former glory since both teams are good. Um, the Browns have gone through uh, many years of not being good, but they're back to being a good team, and it's competitive, and it's fun. So, again, tonight, ESPN, 8 p.m., Appointment Television, Big Ben's last home game. Need I say more? So, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time.